Welcome to the Crazy Monkey Inc. podcast. My name is Corey, your host. I'm also the writer of Crazy Monkey Inc.'s titles, The Adventures of Taxi Cab Joe and Sexy Zombie Hunters. I am alongside my ever-fantastic and sexy ear-pierced co-host. Oh, thank you. Jared Gifford, who is the writer and creator of Darum, Captain of the Stars, and various other projects that are going to be coming out throughout this year and next. We're going to try to catch you up to speed on some things that have been happening so far because it's been a while since we've done an episode because of things just have come up and just like projects have been popping up and being tired and shit so needless to say we've all been very busy yeah but but we all had planned on coming back to the podcast sorry for the long hiatus but we are back now um i do understand there's quite a bit of crazy monkey ink business we need to address it first before we go on to our ongoings about the actual podcast so do you want to fill us in on What's been going on for the past couple of months? Well, um, I do know um, that uh, we've got more, uh, and as you've seen, we've got more pictures come in from um, Brian Jail Glass's project, Cadence, Cadence Lark is Furious. Yes. Um, that that uh, that has been worked on, and it and it should be out very shortly. Once again, I can't give you an exact date, but all I can tell you is pages are still coming in. It's still being worked on, and this is going to be a fantastic comic. Yeah. Um, once again, written by Brian Gell Glass. If you do not know this guy's work, familiarize yourself with his work. He wrote the Mice Fucking Templar. Well, it's not called the Mice Fucking Templar, but it's the Mice Might Templar. as well be. I mean, it's that awesome. <laughs> yeah, but it, by, uh, <laughs> he wrote the Mice Templar. Really awesome, really awesome book, which he co-created with Michael A. Von Oming. Uh-huh. Um, Beautiful art by him, yeah. by the way. Oh, yes. And then also, um, later later, later issues were done by Victor Santos, who's just as stellar an artist. Exactly. Um, and Brian J.L. Glass has also written the original Furious series, which he did over at Dark Horse. Um, if you haven't checked out the graphic novel, get that graphic novel. That first graphic novel is awesome. Story by Brian Gell Glass, art by Victor Santos, um, and uh, and like I said, um, and I then, believe he has a new artist that's going to be heading yeah. up this new. Kate it is. Slark is furious project for it Crazy is. Monkey. Well, no, oh, it is. Uh, um, and, and we've mentioned him several times, but uh, Samir Samao is doing the current um, Caden Slark is furious project, and he's the one that did mm. one of your uh, he, poster prints yeah, for. He, uh, he's, it, it's the cover image. It's going to be yes. the cover image for Darum number four. He also he also did a cover image for Midnight's Adventure number five. Yes, and he also did a cover image for Death Squad Zero, and I believe. Uh, correct me if I am wrong. Darum number four should be seeing a release this year. It is. It is. Um, and in fact, no. In fact, it's, it's TBA, obviously. Uh, that's what I'm saying. What happens is we're we're waiting for the rewards to come out for our last two Kickstarters. Yeah. Um, biggest problem once again, big learning curve for us. And I and I actually just had a talk with our boss recently. Okay. And uh, Raz has told me that what we're trying to do is we want to fulfill every promise we make. We don't want to be one of those people that promise something and then we don't deliver. So what happens is we're we're three out of five right now. All um, out of the five Kickstars we have, we've delivered all the um, goodies, all the extras, and all the books for our, our first three Kickstarters. Yeah. But we we haven't got everything out for the last two Kickstarters we've done. 
We're waiting to get those out. We want to fulfill those promises. Mm -hmm. And then once Cadence Arc of Furious is out and Romeo and Juliet, the graphic novel, is out, then the very next Kickstarter, the very next one, um, is going to be the Kickstarter for Darum number four. Exactly. Now, one thing that I want to point out is the fact that um, Darum number four is still going to be headed up by the fantastic and amazing art of Gaspero Rico. Yes. And the twice as phenomenal lettering and coloring of Mike Montalvo. And, and this will actually be a first for Mike Montalvo with me because Mike Montalvo's lettered all my books. He's lettered my first three books. But this will be the first time, and, 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 and I have you to thank for this. You, <laughs> you, well, you were the one who found out. We didn't know this little secret. I wish I'd asked him before. But you had found out that Mike Montalvo, the little bastard, had <laughs> not only was he a great letterer, because I already knew that, yeah. but he could also color. And then and, and he did a fantastic job coloring and lettering Taxi Cab Joe, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah. Fucking phenomenal. And yeah. when you finally yeah. get the second one, yeah. you'll see the colors and letters from him as well. And yeah. it, Twice is amazing, and that's what I'm saying, and that's and that's what's so cool now is uh, so now so you know so now you're gonna get the, the, like those those amazing visuals you saw for for Taxi Cab Joe, mm -hmm. you're gonna get just as awesome visuals coming for Darum number four. Exactly, and we have so many future projects and mm -hmm. things going on and some inner workings that we're taking care of that we can't talk about just yet no. but that you and I have both talked with the boss Raz about exactly. I am excited as punch I, for the rest of this year because so many things are going to be cropping uh, up that people can delve into it's going to be amazing uh, I, I want to let people know um, and I'm not going to what's that I'm not going to reveal everything just yeah. like just like I did on uh, on Twitter and Facebook Gonna be a little vague on this one, but I do have some some good personal announcements coming up. Um, I just need to I just need to finalize one or two things. Iron out the wrinkles. Iron out, yeah, yeah. Iron out the wrinkles. But it's looking pretty positive. But I'm ne but here's the thing: I never want to reveal anything unless I know it's for sure. So I just got one or two more things to clear up. But let me put it this way: once. Once I've got those things good out of the way, this is going to be awesome news for all of you, and also awesome news for myself. Mm -hmm. So uh, stay tuned on that one. Um, yes. And I will keep you up to date not only here on the podcast, but I'll keep you up to date on my uh, on my personal social media site. So um, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, especially um, especially. Um, uh, if you, especially if you want updates on, on, on business stuff, uh, do follow me on Twitter because I keep a lot of my business updates on Twitter. Yes. Um, but no, also follow me on, on Facebook and on Instagram. Now, um, um, one thing that I've been working on diligently for the past month is a novella that should be coming out to Crazy Monkey Inc. by the latest November. Yeah, uh, um, I uh, I do know you're hard at work on that one. Mm -hmm. um, did you uh, did you want to give people a hint of what to look forward to, or or do you want to leave them in suspense? Um, I'm gonna leave you guys in suspense until the first of fall. Okay, so so basically you wanna you wanna once uh, kind of like what we were talking, you wanna iron out the details mm -hmm. before you reveal anything. Yeah, because I gotta finish the rest of the story. I gotta get a cover. 
made. I got to get the back taken care of. And as soon as the book is finalized and taken care of, I will announce a title and a date, which Raz and I will talk about, about when you should see that out. Oh, yeah. You know... I, and I and I just thought of and I just thought of this and I, and, and I think this is actually good because this actually brings up a question I did want to ask and I think it'd be a good theme for tonight's podcast is comic books that we'd like to write. What are comic books that we'd like to write? Like future project ideas. Um. Well, even if it's that, but or maybe like a comic book that's out there that we'd also like to write at some point. Like, you know, like like you know, maybe like maybe there's a character you've always wanted to write in your life. Oh, okay, like if uh DC came to you with uh, uh yeah. Superman and said, Hey, we want to you knew that you knew that he's a character I've always wanted to write. I've always <laughs> wanted to write some Superman stories. In fact I actually got an idea for five different graphic novels I wanted to write which would uh go into the uh, which would uh, which would actually be I said a five graphic novel miniseries. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and so you have, uh, hey, I'm revealing a future project, people. Um, and I want to send this into DC. Hopefully, accept it. But I wanted to do one that first off, the first graphic novel would explore Krypton and the history of Krypton before Superman was sent off the planet and, yeah. and the planet exploded. Um, then I would want the second graphic novel to focus on. Superman's childhood. Mm -hmm. um, the third graphic novel would focus on Superman now. Yeah. Um, the fourth graphic novel would uh, focus on an older Superman. Mm -hmm. um, and then the fifth graphic novel and the final one would basically focus way, way, way in the future, and it would it would show the impact of Superman's legacy. That wouldn't be too bad. Mm -hmm. um, I have one reveal, and then I have um, the one that I'm going to, like you said, would love to write. I, After this novel that I'm writing, I'm going to be reanimating the short <clears throat> four comic book story arc that never got to be taken into effect mm -hmm. and write the novella for Butch the Butcher. Nice. I'm actually going to be writing it as a novel, so you actually be able to read it instead of actually like see the pictures. Oh, okay. So I'm going to take that, and I'm going to make that into a novella, something mm. like maybe 190, um, 200 pages. And, and once again, and I'm, I'm not trying to air dirty laundry out here, um, but just just curious, uh, have you have you worked out your um, creative differences between you and your your uh, former co-creator of said series? Um, no, <laughs> and I don't want to. Okay, um, I, I'm not, and and, and, one thing, I'm, I'm, and the only reason I'm, I, I ask is just is just because I, I just um, are you afraid there might be some kind of uh, legal repercussions to this or anything? No, because I'm weaving the story in such a way mm -hmm. where it's going to have zero semblance to to what he's come to up what with. What he's come up with. Oh, okay. So, so no, so no. That 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 settles that question. Yeah. You know, um, and, uh, okay, so, so, uh, so that's good. Um, and, uh, um, sad, sad that, sad that you guys had to have that bitter parting of ways. Yeah. But. See, but he didn't want to give me credit for writing the story. He wanted mm. to take all the credit for himself. 
And I just wasn't going to fucking have that. No. And no, I'm just saying what's sad is that, you know, as as a creator, he couldn't he couldn't come and work things out with you. Yeah. Which is sad. It happens in the comic book industry. happens in pretty much any industry. Um, and what I can tell you people is, you know, no, treat, treat anybody you work with right. You know, the whole thing is, even if you guys totally disagree on ideas, treat them right, you know. Um, you know, because the whole thing is, is that, um, because the whole thing is, is that, um, you, you know, you get a whole lot of dicks who will, uh, come in and want to steal credit for everything, and the whole thing is, is that, um, I heard a good saying years and years ago, and, and yeah, you know, I know they have these old cheesy sayings and people don't think they work, but here's something, many of them are very true, but one saying I heard years ago, which is true, is to treat people good on your way up. Mm-hmm. Um... And that's the whole thing. I learned that a long time ago. Um, for those, yeah, I'm gonna actually delve into Jared's mysterious past. Have at it. <laughs> um, While you're at it. Yeah, but uh, but it, but uh, um, one thing I used to do um, uh, years ago, um, and Corey remembers this, is uh, I I actually used to roadie for a band. Uh huh. And. Uh, what happened was, um, and I'm not going to name names here because, you know, I'm not going to call anybody out. The, you know, the whole thing is, to me, it's water under the bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I learned some things from it. Because what happened was the lead singer of this said group was was an egotistical man, um, wouldn't give proper credit to people. I, hell, I'd even helped him write a few songs. I didn't even get credit for that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then... Um, the uh, you know and then um his band members he he barely paid and expected most people to pay his ways for him i mean i know i know my brother and i um we barely got paid at all um you know it, you know thank goodness for the other members because some of them at least near the end of that experience started paying us gas money which was great yeah um but uh but yeah yeah the lead singer um, lead singer, he, he, yeah, he, he wouldn't do that. Um, and just expected everybody to kind of carry everything for him. Um, yeah. now, once again, it goes back to what I say. It's like, there's nothing wrong with asking for help. Nothing wrong. But at the same time, you shouldn't expect people to carry you. You, you know, if somebody ha- wants to help you out, you've basically got to, you've basically got to put in the work. Um, True and, and uh, I, I, yeah, so one of the things I basically learned is uh, is to treat people well during that experience. And so the whole thing is is that no matter who I'm working with, uh, you know, especially now that I'm in comic books, mm-hmm. you know, I always try to treat my creative team very well. You know, if I've got a great creative team, it's because of the fact that I treat them well. I don't <clears throat> I don't sit there and treat them. Like, they're there to serve me. The whole thing is, I understand, they're creative people as well. So I want them to have, uh, you know, a good voice in, in, in my creation. Now, once again, I do know it's my creation at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. I do dictate how it's going to be. But the whole thing is I'm not so dictatorial that um, that basically I'm telling like, Gaspar and Mike that, no, it has to be like this. And how dare you do anything different? No, I mean, sometimes, sometimes Gaspar, and, you know, he's, he's a genius, and the other thing, I mean, but you've had frustrations here, I've had frustrations here, sometimes Gaspar will go off script, because he thinks he's, you know, because he's like, but I've got something better. But the sad thing is, 
he does have something better because he puts he puts those things into his script. Um, and anyway, um, I did want to get back to uh, what we were talking about, but anyway, so um, well, what about you? What are who, who are some characters that are out there? And like I said, it doesn't necessarily have to be big time characters, but who are just characters out there that you've always wanted to have a crack at writing? Um, one character that I would love to have a crack at, um, well, actually there's two of them because yeah. two have been like extremely influential and I don't think one got his due diligence even though he was a villain. Yeah. I would love to write a story arc on Juggernaut. Hmm, interesting. And maybe like, in a way give a backstory as to how he became who he was and how he got so, so angry so, so and pissed off. So elaborate, um, so elaborate on the already established backstory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Because I, I believe, and I firmly believe this, mm -hmm. some villains haven't gotten their due diligence in giving their backstory as to how they became, how they became, because what's interesting about a lot of villains is they didn't start out Villainy. They started out very nice and peaceable, and mm -hmm. something must have happened. They, they had that just one bad day mm -hmm. that just fucked it all up, and then it just yeah. like twisted their whole morale, kind of like the Joker. Oh yeah, exactly. Uh, and you know, and I like it because you paralleled the killing joke right there. Yeah. You know? um, and oh no, and that's actually a good one. So no, I definitely love to see an origin story on on Juggernaut. Just kind of like I said, like how I wanted to do uh, sort of a. The, a whole new take on the origin of Superman. I mean, I know the origin of Superman's been covered like a million times over, but yeah. the, the whole thing I wanted to do was I wanted to do this sort of grand sweeping epic, which started from the history of Krypton and goes clear on up into, like I said, way in the future, which shows you like Superman's legacy and what, yeah. what, like what it meant. Um, and then basically, like I said, you'd have the book at the, the book at the beginning, which is the history of Krypton, but then. The book at the end, which is basically Superman's legacy, mm -hmm. um, years later, and then the three books in between would be about Superman's life. You know, his youth, him now, and then him in the future. Exactly. And I know this other one isn't really a supervillain or a superhero, but I think yeah. it would be really funny to have a satirical origin story about the Book of the Dead, the Necronomicon that yeah. Ash finds in the Evil Dead. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> kind of like give the backstory as to who wrote the Necronomicon and how it came about and how they found it. Well, you, you know what you, what you could always do, and because I, I know you're a huge fan of his anyway, because the Necronomicon, I mean, the name itself came from H.P. Lovecraft. Yes. You, you know, you could always just tie it into the H.P. Lovecraft lore. Ooh. <laughs> that's a damn good idea. Yeah. See, and th this is how we know each other. <laughs> because he knows I'm a huge fan of H.P. Lovecraft, and I'm yeah. also a very huge fan of Edgar Allan Poe. So to craft such a masterpiece, well, I mean, I'm the only one to do it because I'm egotistical like that. <laughs> because no one else knows him like I do. Yeah, I'm just course. kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> and one more I wanted to throw out there before we continue. Mm. I would love, love to take a crack at a backstory for Rogue. That because would I, actually be really cool, too. Because I don't think... She was just thrown into the fray without much well, of a backstory. No, well, she, she actually did have a... She actually did have a few stories that went into her origin, but I don't know if you ever had any, like, in-depth ones, because I do know that um, 
um, at least according to the comics. And once again, I'm a little rusty on my rogue story, so I mean, so please forgive me, people, if I'm not 100% accurate, which I won't be. But I, <laughs> at least you're honest. Oh, of course. But, <laughs> but from what I do remember was that Rogue kind of struggled at first before she even met the X-Men. Um, she, uh, in fact, she actually, for a short period, used to be part of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Yeah, didn't she run away from her home? She did. She was a runaway. Um, that, I'll at least give the, uh, X, the first X-Men movie that. They did get that right, was that she'd run away from home. But, um, the, but, uh, you know, but then, uh, you know, several different things here and there. But anyway, in the comic book, what happens is she, she hooked up with the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants for a, for a little short while. Yeah. Because, um, Mystique had actually manipulated her into the group. Mm-hmm. Um, making her think that she was actually, uh, basically doing her a favor, that she was, that, 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 uh, that was what she needed to do. Um. And, uh, anyway, um, then what happened, uh, was, um, and this is actually, uh, because, you know, uh, like, in some of the early story, uh, well, in some of the, some of the stories, especially in the early 90s and whatnot, how Rogue could fly and she had that super strength. Yeah. <clears throat> was because, and I forget which hero it was, but there was a, there was another female hero which had that, 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 those kind of powers in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. When it was Rogue had actually permanently drained... And killed the character, and then Rogue inherited her powers. Um, and uh, and uh, anyway, that's why, um, especially throughout the '90s, Rogue could fly and had the super strength. Yeah. Um. And uh, and so, uh, like I said, uh, but that's about as much as I know about Rogue's history. But like I said, it's been a while. They may have some more, but but no, I mean, look here's the whole thing. No matter how many times someone's origin story has been done, no matter, no, I mean, even if you're the one millionth person to do it, the fact that you're doing it, you're going to have a different take on it, and it's going to be a different story. Exactly. You want to know what would be really, really cool to write, and I think yeah. it would really freak out a lot of people? What's that? You write an origin story arc where Rogue goes around the different universes and mm -hmm. sub-universes of the Marvel Universe, mm -hmm. and she drains the power of all of the supervillains, mm -hmm. and then she becomes this <clears throat> mega-powerful superhero yeah. that is able to defeat Magneto, is able to defeat Sabretooth, is able to defeat Galactus, is able to defeat, defeat Thanos. Yeah. And all these supervillains, she gains all of their powers. Mm -hmm. She drains the apocalypse. Of his powers, and yeah. she becomes this overpowered super mutant that can mm -hmm. just take out anybody. I think that would be fucking amazing. That like, would she'd be, be awesome, unstoppable. Man. Exactly. <laughs> and and, and uh, another character I'd like to have a crack at, and and I just like to do a, a, a story arc on him. I mean, I mean, if they want me to do an origin, that'd be great. But I just love to do some story arcs on him. I would love to write some Silver Surfer stories. Silver Surfer, in and of himself. Is an amazing story, and yeah. and the interesting thing about it is, the Silver Surfer mm -hmm. got his surfboard from Galactus. Exactly. Well, in fact, all his powers he got from Galactus. Exactly. Because he was actually he was actually just he was a he was a just a human being um, from the planet Norad. Um, yeah. And uh, what had happened was Galactus came around. He you know was going to devour and destroy his planet. 
And uh, what happened was NORAD made a um, deal with him is that Galactus would move on and, um, and, and, and devour another planet if, uh, if NORAD basic, uh, not, or, uh, NORAD, or, or if, uh, um, or if, uh, you know, now I'm actually, uh, I'm wondering, oh, never mind. I probably screwed it up, because I wonder if NORAD was his name. No, you're good. But, Keep going. Uh, but, but all I know is, uh, he had a different name at first. I'm gonna have to go back and look at my history. I'm so sorry I'm failing you people. You're probably like, oh, God, you suck. Um. Such a horrible person. I know. And you write comics, for God's sake. I know. Uh, God. man, I'm failing everybody. Such a, a horrible individual. Know, Stan Lee's gonna haunt me. Fucking hey. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. But anyway, but basically, um, but yeah, I believe Norad was actually his name. But mm -hmm. uh, anyway, um, he made a deal with Galactus, and then he basically said, uh, you know, if you skip this planet and devour another planet, I will serve you, and I will be your herald, and I will lead you to various worlds that you can devour. Because he didn't want to be his Steve or Bob or William, he, he had to be his herald. Knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but um, but what I'm saying is, is that uh, no, but uh, but Harold and almost the fact that you know he heralds his coming. Oh, I know. Um, but uh, but anyway, um, and then that's and then what happened was Galactus then imbued him with cosmic power, and that's basically how Silver Surfer basically got uh, you know you know got got his uh, vast array of abilities. How he got the silver armor that was on his body mm -hmm. and how he as you said he got the silver surfboard mm -hmm. yeah it's kind of like uh if kelly slater was a mutant <laughs> <laughs> funny um if you don't know that reference you need to go back and uh figure your life out yeah but anyway um what i was saying is is that uh no he uh he's another character i wouldn't mind writing um and and uh, i don't know if you'd be surprised or not surprised Another character I'd like to have a crack at, and uh, that not a lot of people have mentioned in the last long while, but I loved it because I, I read a lot of the old strips. I um, had I loved the movie they made in the um, in the early '90s, um, but I'd love to have a crack at writing the Phantom. You mean from the 1930s Phantom? Yeah, the Phantom. Oh, okay. Yes. You know Sorry, Phantom is. Come on. Shut up. Fuck you. You know pulp comics. Come on. That's right. The ones that had those are your favorites. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, I know, and I know for a fact, and I know you'll acknowledge us. You've always wanted to write some Dick Tracy stories. I would see. You know, and here's the weird thing. Here's the really weird thing that the jealousy in me yeah. just imbues, but I also love the fact that he did it. Yeah. Michael Avon Oming is doing a, an iteration of Dick Tracy now. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to fucking write that. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm going to buy his Dick Tracy run when it comes out. Yeah. And I'm going to be like, this motherfucker. <laughs> no, I didn't see that would be good. And like I said, and, and just like I said, in the comic book, I've always wanted to write that goes from that old pulp era is I'd, I'd totally love to write The Phantom, as I said. I'd, I'd love to write some Phantom stories. I think he's another underutilized character. But we have to make sure that we're drinking a lot of orange juice when we're doing these pulp comics. <laughs> because no because no pulp is a bad thing. <laughs> Not that kind of pulp. Lordy. <coughs> anyway, but... Uh... <laughs> Well, I'm saying it's no. I mean, uh, yeah. There's uh, and, and he's not the only one. I mean, I'd totally love to do 
some stories of of the Phantom, but then I'd also totally love to do some stories with Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon? You mean the porno? Flash Gordon, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Flash. <laughs> My bad. Uh, <laughs> but no, but, but the funny thing is, is that, but in all seriousness, I noticed that you and I actually have a love for some of the older pulp style characters well it's because we're old i know well no but uh, none of the, <laughs> but but not only that but no but here's the whole thing is that these were people that were famous when our grandparents were kids yeah um and uh, but what i'm saying is i noticed that you and i actually seem to love some of these older characters like another person i know that you do like and that uh, you probably like to r uh, write some stories for is i know you're also a fan of the shadow Ooh, i would love to do the shadow <laughs> That came out wrong. <laughs> You're so sexy. <laughs> I don't want to do the shadow. That's what I already realized. Then I'm not into that kind of kinky shit. I'm not poking comics in my holes or holes in my comics. Yeah, it's because all those pages are sticky. <laughs> you know, I'm so glad that children don't listen to this fucking podcast because we would get flagged. By so many parents. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> it's, definitely, it's definitely good that this is a mature podcast. Jesus Christ. It's a good thing we... Oh, hey, you know what? By the way, this is a mature podcast. Sorry we came so late to tell you this, but if your eight-year-old's listening to this with you, get some earplugs or shove them to another room. Your, your eight-year-old has just become a man. You're welcome. Now you're going to have to teach him not to shave his, shave his hair. <laughs> off of his balls <laughs> it's like you know eight years old poof he comes out and he's already had puberty that's right he's got a full beard and he's gonna go kill a bear <laughs> <laughs> thank you revenant <laughs> <laughs> but anyway but so no but the, uh like i said with these characters no like i said i definitely love to um, do some, uh, uh, maybe do some updated, uh, versions of these characters. I totally love to make, uh, like I said, I totally love to make some newer, uh, Phantom stories. Yes. Some newer Flash Gordon stories. I mean, those would just be awesome. <coughs> I would love, and I know this was done back in the 60s. Yeah. But I would love to take a crack at the NOM 63. Oh, true. And then, uh, maybe, I don't know, what, what um, and then, uh. Because my because my grandpa yeah. and um, some other veterans that I know actually served in Nam, yeah. so I'd have so I'd get some actual detail about Nam and then mm -hmm. put that within the yeah, comic. Yeah, you actually t you can actually talk to some Vietnam veterans. That would be really cool because it would be a historical fiction. Yeah, exactly. And I w I've always wanted to write a historical fiction. And then um, you know, and I'm surprised they never actually made any comic books of him. But um, I would uh, I would definitely try to whoever's got the rights to um, to the Zatoichi stories, I would love to make a comic book series based off the Zatoichi character. You don't think that's non-canon? Um, no. Um, or would we have to look that up? Well, no, what I'm saying is I would have to find out who owns the rights to that. Um, oh, okay. I know the original actor Shintaro uh, Shintaro Katsu. Um, own the rights to uh, Zatoichi, but now that he's dead, I don't know who the rights have passed to. Now let's not make it sound so archaic. He passed away. Don't be a dick. 
knock it off. But what I'm saying is, is that, but no, but I'm saying is that uh, I don't know who the rights have passed to. Yeah. So um, I would have to find out who who the Zatoichi rights belong to now. Yeah. But if I could, I would love to get permission to write some some Zatoichi stories because I love it. It's like, uh, and and uh, and Corey uh, Corey's starting to find out because I think. Uh, um, because I've watched almost the entire Zatoichi film uh, series. Um, you made it to what? The fifth movie? Yeah, fifth movie, and then I had to stop. Yeah, but uh, but uh, but either way, Corey knows Corey knows about this. And, and for those who don't know, Zatoichi is an awesome um, samurai movie about uh, about a blind swordsman who basically travels around from town to town helping out people from just basically all these um, corrupt yakuza um, you know these these greedy businessmen and and basically anyone who's just really bad to the common citizen Zatoichi yeah. stands up for the little guy basically um, and uh, and that's what I love about it because Zatoichi's the kind of character I love to write because for those who who know I mean you know I'm, I'm obviously a big fan of characters like that because I love Captain Harlock and he does something similar I love Vampire Hunter D and he also does something similar yeah I love <clears throat> these lone characters who basically help people out because it's just the right thing to do and uh, and Zatoichi does the same thing he tries to play it off. Like he does it for the money, mm-hmm. but but the whole thing is, you know that Zatoichi is a guy who cares, and he does it because he knows it's not right that the people are being exploited by these, you know, by these corrupt people. Yeah, how else is he gonna, you know, get money for his sake that he downs every night? Well, no, in fact, because <laughs> he, he actually does, he drinks a lot of sake, and he actually does a lot of gambling too. And the funny thing is, is there are people like, why blind man gambling? But here's the thing: the whole thing is like, and and they play this in a clever way in those movies. Is is Zatoichi actually makes a great gambler because he can hear um, how the people are rolling the dice, mm-hmm. um, and so he's very good at at, at, at knowing how how it sounds, and then also if somebody's cheating him. Because he can tell about the difference because he um, um, it's subtle, but nobody will be able to hear it if they had like all their senses. Yeah. But since he's blind, um, whenever somebody, say, takes out uh, one set of dice and throws in another pair of dice to try and cheat him, yeah, he can hear that. He can hear that they've switched the dice. Hmm. Um, and so what I'm saying, it's actually pretty cool, but, but the whole point is uh, it's just really awesome. Um, and and he's actually a very good swordsman because of the fact that hilariously enough, a lot of people would say, "Well, how good can he be? Because he's blind." But the whole thing is, is since he uses all his other senses, he can actually hear if an opponent's coming at him before a sighted person can do that. Exactly. Now, <clears throat> I want to sidetrack this just yeah. a second because um, not only am I almost done reading the book, but I got to give extreme props to Sean. McMahon, Han, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. I am gonna learn your name. I'm such a horrible friend. Send, send, uh, hey, 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 Sean. Send him a video and tell him how do you pronounce your last name, and then call him an asshole. You know what? You know what's really funny is he's video clipped exactly how to say his last name, and I really am just an asshole of a friend, <laughs> and, and I haven't memorized remember. it. Oh, it's kind of I'm... like how you can't say Will's potato. See, now I can't say the name. <laughs> Will's Portachio. Yes, Will's Mustachio. 
Because he's got a big mustache. <laughs> but anyway. Like Mario, um, every time you say that mustache. It's me, Will. Mustachio. That's what I said. It's like Mario. Mario. Exactly. Uh, However, <laughs> um, Sean has got the sequel, The Dark Restarter, to his Fur Lodge series, which yeah. is on Amazon. Um, I've actually been hearing, and, and you can confirm this yes. uh, or not, but I've actually been hearing the sequel's actually even better than the first one. I am literally a hundred pages away from completing this monster of a novel. It's yeah. like 825 pages long. So, uh, so I mean, being that you're this far in, can you confirm what's being said about it? This, <clears throat> this genius of a Brit... Yeah, has enthralled me so much with his multi-dimensional jumping sci-fi um, series that I just I know he's writing the third one. You better be writing the third one. <laughs> I'll be, get on that, you ass. I'll be pissed. <laughs> um, he's busy writing the third and final. Um, sequel to the series mm -hmm. and to anybody who has read Fur Lodge and now the Dark Restarter you have to understand the prowess and the phenomenal genius which is Sean because A he uses such intellectualized humor and grammar and everything that he rarely uses profanity in his work and well, you can just he, tell that this man is an utter genius at what he does well and when he doesn't have to because as you said he's got that he's got that dry wit and humor and yeah. stuff and so the whole thing is is that i mean if you were writing if you were writing say um um an urban if you're writing an urban based novel yeah I can understand why you'd have a lot more language and a lot more of that kind of um, that that kind of scenario going. Yes. But in this case, since he's writing more of a, as you say, like a sort of a sci-fi kind of, um, uh, I don't know what you call it, like an epic. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, definitely epic. That's for damn sure. Uh, yeah. Um, um, that one doesn't require the same kind of thing. It's you know, it's not like it's not like Ghetto Wars, you know. You know, my little take on Star Wars. There. Ghetto Wars? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I know. Now, now, now I'm probably going to get lynched from every which person everywhere and be like, What? How dare you use such terms? You don't know shit. You need to die in a gutter, you son of a bitch. You're going to get hugged from a tree real hard. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um but 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 the whole point is is that uh, as I understand um why he uses the use of uh use of language why he does why there's not so much swearing mm -hmm. why it's actually feels a lot more intellectual because that's what it is. It's an intellectual story, so it needs to be written in an intellectual way. Um you know, well, as I said, um, you have to adapt your writing to the genre in which you're writing. You know, it's just like um, I would not, um, I would <coughs> not approach horror in the same way that I would approach my sci-fi, and I would not approach my sci my sci-fi the same way I'd approach my comedy. The whole thing is, is that each one you need to come at 
uh, the right angle. Um, so the whole thing is, is that I always adjust my, I mean, my writing style is my own. It's always good. They're going to see, people are going to see no matter what writings I have. Yeah. They're going to be like, that's Jared. I can tell that's him writing that. Because it's but, the voice that you have. But, but they'll also notice that, that, you know, I'm not going to write the same plots and the same ideas for each genre i do every genre i'm going to approach differently you know because like because because as i said each is going to have to have a different sort of uh, way that the characters speak a way that the scenarios are presented yeah because if i was doing an urban based story yeah i'd actually put a lot more colorful language in it of course because that's um, what it would call for yeah um but as i said if i'm writing an epic sci-fi like Darum, it doesn't call for colorful language it's it's actually calls for more of a um not not quite that old english like this but it's but it's got but it's got more of the grand kind of feel like like the shakespeare stories yeah not necessarily old english mind you but basically where where everything feels grand and big and 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 and, and there's this huge scale to it mm -hmm. and and <clears throat> the characters would speak in a way that that reflected that you know it, they wouldn't you know they wouldn't be talking like they were from south central yeah, they would be they would be talking as if they were part of this vast, um, you know, uh, universal collective, um, this this huge universe. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, but then if I was writing an urban based story, mm -hmm. I, I would I would definitely do that. I would I would I would you know I'd probably be speaking like uh, like how my oldest brother speaks. He uses. I mean, my my oldest my oldest brother, like you know, he, you know, he can't go like two words without a swear word in between. So, <laughs> you know, it's like a no. I mean, and then you know, it's not like I'm Mister Innocent over here. <laughs> I've never heard you swear. Oh uh, no! Oh yeah, yeah. I never fucking swear. Innocent as the white driven motherfucking snow. That's people. right. You know, I'm walking on water as we speak. He. he that's just blasphemy. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, um, I'm going to name drop a few people before we get into uh, book recommendations. Right, go ahead and name drop some people. Sarah Bailey has an amazing, amazing series called the After Dark series. And you need mm -hmm. to get it because, A, she is also British. Well, of course. B, she is a phenomenal writer. And I actually say this would be the primary reason right there is just the fact that she is just a kick-ass writer. Exactly. Now, I definitely agree with you. It's awesome that she's a Brit on top of it because, mm -hmm. I mean, seriously, you know, from Corey and I, we love you Brits. Exactly. Please keep being friends with us. Exactly. And also, she's a phenomenal friend. She's oh, down she to earth. A, and she's, she's, she's pretty awesome. In fact, as I said, I've actually got, I've actually got several friends. Uh, I've got actually got several friends met them through the same sources that you did yeah because not only uh have we seen their books um but uh but but we've also become friends with them um via social media yes and uh and yeah i've got i've got plenty of friends i met that way um you know uh sarah yeah sarah bailey's one of them uh we met paul blake that way yes, actually paul blake is um in the startings of writing his next novel yeah in fact no he was telling me about that he was telling me about that and, and i said no he said as soon as you get that done you tell me because i want to get that that i i want to get that fucker <laughs> exactly i have his first book a young man's game if you ever want to read it 
It's mm. short, but it's an espionage type of novel. I know oh, you would yeah. like it because oh, it's yeah. got oh, that I, James I, Bond feel to it. Well, no, and I definitely, I didn't want to check it out. <laughs> no, I definitely want to pur purchase it for myself too. Yeah. Um, but no, definitely, he's another one. We also met, uh, you know, we also met Sean there as well. I'm not going to say his last name because you know you can go fuck it up all you want. <laughs> I'm not going to fuck up his last name. Oh, you're going to make me the lone wolf in this shit. That's right. Fuck you. You're going down alone, <laughs> you ass. <laughs> also, I got to give props to another writer mm -hmm. who has done a couple of children's novels, and she just did uh, a young adult novel called The Awakening, mm -hmm. Katie Hagemann. Mm, yes. I probably fucked that up, too. I'm so um, sorry, Katie. Yeah, I love yeah. you. You're an amazing person. Um, it's called The Awakening. It's out on Amazon right now. Go get it. Um, I'm going to be reading it next week. And um, it's a fantastic... She's not only an amazing person as well. How mm -hmm. she writes, she has this very um, fanciful way of writing. Yeah. And she her children's books are awesome. I've got the first one. I need to get the second one. I got yeah. the first one for my daughter. She absolutely loves the art. What's interesting is Katie does the art... And she writes it. Nice. So she's like the whole package deal. Oh, no, that's actually pretty awesome. But, yeah, no, we've actually met some really cool authors um, over there, especially in Twitter, as mm -hmm. I said. There's several authors I want to mention right now, but the sad thing is I've totally forgot their names. I'm sorry I failed you. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Oh, man. And You're a horrible friend. I am. <laughs> I am. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm going to beat myself tonight. <laughs> that didn't sound right. You're going to beat yourself tonight? Because you're a horrible friend. I'm so sorry. We tried to dial down on the adult humor, but this shit's gotten way out of fucking Twilight Zone hand here. Okay. <laughs> I can't. I can't get out of that one. Anyway, but no. The sad thing is, is I you know, and I wish I could. But the sad thing is, this always happens to me, and it pisses me off. Is that is that I try to remember stuff offhand, and and I can remember things all the day long. I try. I get put on the spot, and I forget everything. See, and here's the interesting thing about Jared. He remembers so much that for him to forget something is actually very agonizing. Yeah, it is. But like I said, the sad, the, the, that's how my brain works. I said, if I can remember it offhand, I can give you tons of details and probably remember everything. He's like a fucking but, genius. But, uh, but the problem is, every time I get put on the spot, is it's like, you know, that's about the time where I'm like, what? What are words? Yeah, words? How do you put these together to make a sentence? I'm all discombobulated. <laughs> me, me, me no thinky with smart box. Exactly. Now, let's go into our book recommendations, the comic recommendations, because mm -hmm. I actually want to do another podcast on top of this because we have time. Yeah. And I want to tackle a topic that I know you've been wanting to discuss for mm -hmm. a while but we've just been putting it off because I'm an asshole. <laughs> no, actually, once again, you know which one I'm talking about. Uh, right? I do, I do. Okay. Um, but like I said, no, that, that and in this case, that you know, once again, that one can wait. Um, but the but the whole thing, but the whole thing is, is that no, no. I mean, we've had legit reasons for why we've had the hiatus. But no, yeah. actually, I'm glad we talked about this one because I said uh, I did want to tackle these subjects. But anyway, um, yeah, let's let's get into book and comic recommendations. Do you uh, want to go or do you want me to go? Why don't you go first this time? Because I remember I went last time. Are you sure? I do. <laughs> this now, is a, this one I can remember. This is his memory, folks. Don't fuck with it. 
He'll, he'll kill you in his comics. <laughs> anyway, um, book recommendation, real quick, that I want to throw out there. Um, I know I've said it before, and I've praised him throughout this entire podcast. Sean, your Fur Lodge, the very first of this series, mm-hmm. was so enigmatic and so vivacious and so bombastic that... I have to recommend it because if I didn't recommend it, I'd have to kick myself in the ass multiple times and I probably wouldn't be able to sit for months on end. (laughs) You have to get this book, people, because Fur Lodge has such an intellect Mm -hmm. and such a beautiful, educated way of writing such a grandiose novel that to not get it, you would be doing yourself a disservice in not reading the phantasmic and just awesome book that is Fur Lodge. Mm -hmm. So you can get a chance, go to Amazon, purchase it. I can guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. Yes. Go and buy his stuff or buy his shit. There we go. Exactly. (laughs) Now, comic book recommendations. I stumbled upon this one a couple of years ago. I don't know if you've heard of it, um, but it is called Moonstruck. I have heard of that, actually. Um, and, and, in fact, uh, I've heard some good things about it. Mm-hmm. I am, unfortunately haven't got to read it yet. I'm getting, clo- I'm getting close to that. Sadly, I've got so much reading material backed up. Because uh, um, my reading patterns is that I usually read... Within the genre that I'm writing at the time. See, that's not a bad thing because mm. that fuels ideas for yeah. future endeavors. Yeah, exactly. So right now, since I'm writing samurai stuff, while well, I'm obviously reading a lot of samurai stories right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, actually, I've heard, I've heard some good stuff about it, uh, and uh, um, so about. But you you obviously know about more than I do, so uh, you know. I'm not going to give too much of it away, but I'm just going to say you need to get the Mm. first graphic novel of Moonstruck because Mm. not only is it kind of like a... Can you give me a brief synopsis and the audience a brief synopsis so that maybe they have an incentive to buy it? No. No? You're going to be like that, are you, Dick? Jeez. Yeah, actually I am. Oh, fine. It's one of those that... It's kind of like describing a comic... Mm-hmm. You can't really describe how great it is. You have to actually have the person read it because it's a very visual and visceral type of comic. Oh, okay, well, but what I'm saying is like maybe you can at least, as like I said, be, maybe you can at least tell it this way. Like, what is it? Is it a fantasy? Is it a horror? Is it a comedy? Is it's it... kind of like a comedy slice of life type thing. Okay. Now, see, now, now, now that makes sense. Okay. So, uh, so no, that so no, that that's actually that's actually pretty cool. So I, I no, I, I'll definitely have to check that out. Now, what's interesting, it doesn't have a whole lot of profanity in it. No, it also goes on the intellectual side. Nice. of speaking. So, again, plenty of people can read it and pick it up. Oh, nice. All right. Um, and uh, now I guess uh, I'll give my recommendations. How about it? Um, let's see. For uh, for novels, um. Let's see. Once again, I have so many freaking novels that it's like, oh, you know what I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to go with a classic, another classic. I'm going to recommend The Once and Future King uh, by T.H. White. 
Um, this one is the basis of what uh, became the Sword in the Stone over at uh, uh, over at Disney. Um, and yeah, it's the original novel, and it basically goes through King Arthur's uh, young years when yeah. he first met Merlin and he was first learning things. Mm -hmm. um, and so yeah, I mean, if you are fans of the Sword and Stone, hell, even if you aren't fans of the Sword and Stone, you just like King Arthur stuff. <laughs> I mean, the ones in Future King is definitely worth it. It's definitely a very good King Arthur story. Who's Marlin? <laughs> oh, wow. And, uh, you know, this, this, is why, this is why we don't let you in public. <laughs> this is why we only let you out of public supervised. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, um, and then as far as uh, comic book uh, recommendations go, um... Let's see. Oh, once again, so many freaking um, awesome stories. You know what? I'm gonna I'm actually do this. I'm gonna give a tribute to this guy this year because I recommended so many Superman stories last year, and it was Superman's 80th anniversary. Yeah, we're now on Batman's 80th anniversary. Okay. So, what what better way to, than to recommend a great Batman story? And there are so many over the years, you know, I mean, hell, I could go over the Frank Miller stuff. I could go over um, the, uh, I could go over the uh, Neil Adams and Dennis O'Neill stuff. Are you going to be mean, talking about the one that Stephen King uh, no, helped with? No, no, um, Actually, what I'm going to go with, oh, okay. what I'm going to go with, and this is his own really cool standalone awesome story, and it's got one of my favorite artists on it, is um, Hush. Batman Hush. I'm going to recommend that for my comic book recommendations. And it's written by Jeff Loeb and drawn by Jim Lee. Ooh. Yeah. So you know it's going to look good. Oh, yeah. It's going to kick. If you, if you don't know who Jim Lee is, then, well, you know, slap yourself profusely and then go and familiarize yourself with his stuff. There better be bruising. <laughs> but no, I mean, no, Batman Hush is really good because it brings Batman back to his roots. Because, like, Batman's always a great hero, but what a lot of people seem to forget over the years is that Batman started out as a pulp hero, and he was very much a detective. The whole thing <clears throat> is, is there's a reason why um, his comics are called detective comics. Because Batman is a detective. And uh, what Hush goes back to is those roots, those origins, because Batman has to actually um, figure out, because there's this mysterious figure going around called Hush who's doing all these murders, yeah. and Batman has to figure out who this Hush character is. So like I said, it's really good because it goes back to his uh, detective origins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... I have to plug one more thing before we go ahead. Plug sign as many off. things as you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're wording things totally wrong tonight. I'll roll with it. There is not enough caffeine in the world to reconfigure this fuck of a podcast. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Anyway, that's why people love us. Exactly. Totally unscripted. <laughs> Wait a minute. We don't have a script? I know. God damn it. Why didn't you tell me about this shit? <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with you? I've been trying to I've been going off a script and you've been just going all fucking AWOL. 
What kind of shit is this? Well, it's like Indiana Jones, you know, people, people ask if I have a plan. It's like, I don't know, I just make this up as I go along. <laughs> you and Spielberg, seriously, you guys got to get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, you might, uh, so what's this last thing you wanted to, that you wanted to plug? You got to find um, talented slackers on mm. SoundCloud. Nice. Um, fantastic people on it. Armando heads it up with uh, Gil. Yeah. And I got to tell you, Gil not only does a fantastic job at doing <clears throat> these movie reviews that are like... Nice. Some of them are like an hour, hour and a half long. Most of them are two, two and a half hours long. And what happens is mm. they pick, they'll pick a movie... Mm -hmm. Um, they've done BVS, yeah. they've done, um, they've done a whole bunch of like Fast and the Furious yeah. and they've done a whole bunch of movies. They've done horror movies and they'll just pick a movie out of one week and yeah. they will watch it and they will dialogue and they will basically do what's called that I've deemed it the Mystery Science Theater 3000 podcast style. Oh, so basically they riff it. Yeah. And they're so damn hilarious. And not only are they hilarious, but they have so much nerd knowledge about these movies that not only are you laughing along throughout the entire podcast, you're learning as you go. And <laughs> I love the Talented Slackers podcast. They're up yeah. to, I think, 160. It might be more than that in episodes because they've been doing this for a while. Yeah. Please check them out because they are so amazing at what they do. And if yeah. you've got two and a half hours to kill, it's definitely worth it. Oh, definitely. And so, and see, you can probably look forward to our 160th broadcast when we are 150. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. We're not going to fucking stall that long. This was a hiatus. This wasn't... Let's do a podcast a year just to fuck with people. That's uh, not how we're doing this. I'm so glad you got my joke. Jeez. <laughs> do you need a hug and some Alka-Seltzer too? <laughs> for that heartburn you just brought to everybody? <laughs> oh. Uh, well, I hope you guys are sitting down for this banter because holy hell... Oh man, this is awesome. <laughs> but you know, I think it's about time to wrap it up. Uh, got some good recommendations, and um, and you know, and I want to thank the people for listening to us and and having patience with us because yes, we know it's been uh we we know it's been at least oh um, about half a month yeah since, since we've about. had a podcast since we've had a podcast. We're sorry for this. We're uh, extremely sorry because we, we, we so should, much shit came up yeah. and we should be back on track. So so um. Um, I you should be getting the next podcast within this Wednesday because yeah. this Wednesday I have off and we're yeah. going to be doing that podcast well, yeah. we had been. Yes, exactly. And in fact, that's what I was going to say. And I wanted to actually save that for next week. So no, I'm just want to say we're back. We should be back on schedule next Wednesday. You should be getting another pad podcast and also another one on the following Saturday. A podcast. The, the podcast. The fuck is a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> going to anyway. patty, we're going to paddy wagon. That's right. <laughs> anyway. Nick knack. Paddy wag. And we'll be giving Give the dog, dog a bone. bone. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, these are the jokes, people. We're here till we're here we're here till Thursday. That's right, and we expect drinks for free. <laughs> God damn it! All right, but once again, I want to I want to wrap things up. Tell people thank you, thank you for your patience, um, and and you know and and please keep following us. Uh, like I said, we should back onto our regular schedule now, and uh, and you know and then next week we will get on to J. Michael Straczynski. We've been holding out for so long, so no, I want to thank you. Please be good to each other and. And this is me signing off, and uh, well, uh, why don't you say goodbye to the people, Corey? Hey everybody, it's been a fantastic night. It's been a fantastic podcast. You people are amazing. Thank you. We love you all, all of our listeners. Have a fantastic new week. Do what you can to help each other out. And remember, if you're not loving somebody, someone else is loving that person. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>